Is this, is this on? Yes, my lord. Good, good. <clears throat> Hello, this is God speaking. Can we dial that down? Yes, my lord. Thanks. Welcome, new arrival to the Eternity Ward. Please take a number and make your way down to the left or the right to the waiting room. All you need is there the refreshments I made just for you. <laughs> I would tell you to steer clear of the apples, they're forbidden, um, and the two snakes, <clears throat> I mean fools, sorry, that are chewing the fat in the corner, but you probably wouldn't listen anyway. So good luck, I bless you, and on your way. Welcome to the Eternity World, where we flick through old copies of Reader's Digest and chat with our buddies while we wait for an appointment with God. I'm Nick McKinnon. And I'm Chris Adams. And here we are, Nick. What's been happening? What's up? Uh, school holidays have started here, so I'm going to yeah. be heading on a little holiday with my family. Go uh, down to Hobart. So all you fans out there, come and mob me <laughs> in Hobart. I'll sign autographs, I suppose. Suppose? Yeah. Got your signature all worked out? No. No? no, see, I used to have like a pretty solid signature yeah. and then I worked at Kmart in their receiving bay for five years and my signature very quickly turned into a scribble because you're signing for stuff <laughs> all day long. My boss literally used to just do an X on signatures. Wow. That's how seriously Kmart takes their signing off of parcels. How are you? Yeah, good. It's been a bit of mayhem up here in Sydney. Our supermarkets have just introduced the bag ban. No more that one-use plastic bag. It's gone. What a stupid idea. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? You should see the furor that people have been... They've just been angry. So angry. I've seen it on Facebook. Hang on. Haven't you guys done it, Tassie? You haven't had yeah. plastic bags for a long time now, right? A couple of years. You guys must be ready to, like, throw everyone, you know, off the edge of the island or something by now, right? <laughs> I was about to move back to New South Wales, but since you guys are ditching plastic bags, I may as well stay here, I guess. No, no, see, this is the reason why I shop online now, because when they deliver it, it comes with the bags still. I don't know why, but if you shop online, they still give you the plastic bags. What? And I need those plastic bags because they're my rubbish bags. Otherwise, I'm going to have to buy rubbish bags. I, yeah. I swear, glad have brought these laws in because <laughs> without these shopping bags, everyone's going to have to buy these plastic rubbish bags. And I bet you there's a hell of a lot more plastic in Glad's strong rubbish bags than there is in those flimsy little supermarket bags. But no, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. I just find it funny that people get all up in arms and yet so many people all around the world are already... Just doing fine without these little single-use plastic bags. I can understand it. Change is hard, isn't it? It is, but it's also a it's a bit of a cultural war thing. It's the lefties winning this cultural war. Yeah. Well, I do want to talk about change and about culture and um, potentially a cultural war and stuff tonight, Nick. I wanted to talk about masculinity. We're allowed to talk about this one because we're both men. We're experts. I've been a man my whole life, Chris. Yeah, likewise. Well... I was a boy, <laughs> and then I was a man, Yeah, ev eventually, at some point. Yeah. Do you think it's possible that in, like, 30 years you might have an epiphany and go, oh, I'm actually a woman. I've been a woman all these years, like Caitlyn Jenner um, did or Bruce yeah, Jenner did? Yeah, no, no. I don't understand that. Like, I, I can understand if you'd been repressing something for a long, long time because it was not culturally acceptable, but to to have uh, an, a, just an epiphany later in life, you know, not that you were repressing it all your life, you, that's not possible, is it? You can't just change like that, can you? You can if it's good for your Twitter crowd. <laughs> you either always were and you were repressing it or you just weren't. Yeah. Some people will argue that gender is fluid. <laughs> so I guess if it's fluid, you can move from one thing to another over time. Yeah. I see young people who are trying on different sorts of orientations or gender roles and stuff, and they sort of move in and out of things, cause, but they're sort of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Still if you're trying to figure it out at 15, that's one thing. If yeah. you're trying to figure it out at 50, that's, that's a different kettle of fish. Anyway, so... Masculinity. Yeah, so how did this come about? What, what twigged in your mind? What came across your eyes that made you think, ooh, we need to chat ooh. about this, Nick? Well, I've been reading up a fair bit about incels lately. What? Do you know about incels? No. Are you serious? I'm serious. No. Educate me. Incels are involuntary celibates. They're a group of men, usually young men, but they're a group of men who have, I guess, formed a clique 
These are guys that they don't want to be celibate, but they keep getting rejected and they blame the world and they blame women and there's so much anger and hatred and misogyny and everything just coming out of them. So I've just been interested looking into all of them. And I mean, some of the shootings in America just recently were were from incels. That's what they're threatening now. It's like, if we don't get what we want, then we're going to go out and shoot people up. That's what one of the most recent shootings was. You know, that's what that was the guy's statement. You know, so there's this movement called incels. And I'm like going, oh, idiots. We might as well just let them, leave them outside of the gene pool and they'll and they'll just die out and they'll be gone, you know. And I'm thinking like that and I'm, and I'm just like, oh, I hate these guys um, because some of the things they say, they talk quite openly in their communities uh, about they're like pro-rape and stuff, you know. There are all sorts of this. Seriously, do you, I know you're making a face of me, but this is, you can look it up. Anyway. I'm thinking about these guys and I'm thinking about, I'm looking around the world and all of this talk about toxic masculinity all the time and and I accept that it's out there, but it's also getting me down, Nick. I feel overwhelmed by all of this negativity towards men and, and you know, we've had conversations where you often have a go at me for being like ashamed of being, you know, just a man. Yeah, you're a white male. Yeah. You're the height of the patriarchy. <laughs> And so I feel overwhelmed at times with all of the, the negativity towards men, but I'm also part of that negativity <laughs> towards men. But then I started thinking, I'm like going, well, these guys, you know, they're, they're lonely. They're frustrated. You know, they're angry. And I'm looking around at a lot of guys and, and I'm just going, me just being negative towards them isn't going to help anything. So I've just started trying to think about, well, what, what's going on? Because there's a problem with men. I think there's a problem with men. Like, you know, we've got Yuri D. Dixon, the lady that was raped and murdered in Melbourne just recently. Um, we've got the incel movement. We've got Bloomin' What's-His-Name in the Senate. Oh, David Lionel. <laughs> David Lionel come out with slut-shaming type words, you know, against <laughs> Senator Hanson Young. Sounds like you've been reading from the Senator Hanson Young media release, Chris. I could have been. Aren't I a fan of Senator Hanson Young? Didn't you put uh, me and her, like in an embrace in one of the Eternity Ward pictures for one of our episodes. In heaven, you know. if I recall correctly, yeah, whereas yeah, I was in hell. Yes. Yeah, with, with Milo, you and Milo. So do we want to talk about the Sarah Hansen Young stuff? Is that where you want to go? Yeah, we can. Well, I, I guess I just wanted to say I wanted to bring this up because I think there is a problem with men and what I don't like is seeing women being blamed for it by people like these incel groups or by David Lionhelm. You know, it's like blaming. Like there is a problem, but women aren't the problem. Men are a problem, but how are we going to fix this problem? I guess I want to talk about, I think we're giving a, a picture of what, you know, masculinity is and and it leads to a lot of toxic masculinity. So I sort of wanted us to, you know, to talk about men's issues and explore talking about guys and, you know, what it is that's going wrong and, and what we can do to get back on a better track sort of thing. But, yeah, let's talk David Linehelm. You're going to go there first, do you? All right. Because there's a bunch of things you mentioned. Like one was toxic masculinity. One was the David Lionhelm yeah, yeah. stuff. One was uh, the incel stuff. So, David Lionhelm. So, the idea that you frame that as David Lionhelm slut shamed Sarah Hansen Young. Yeah. Like to me, that's just such a biased representation of what went on. Like, so what was right. the first thing that happened? Well, Senator Hansen Young was giving a speech. No. What are you saying the first thing that happened? Okay, so she wasn't the one speaking. Um, I think Janet Rice was the one speaking, a Green senator. Right. So she was the one talking. And during that, Sarah Hansen Young said something along the lines of men are rapists, to which David Lionhelm responded and said, well, if men are rapists, you should stop shagging them. And then Sarah Hansen Young got on a hobby horse and went, oh, sexism, sexism. You can't say that, that I should stop shagging men. Oh, sexism. But this is his claim that that's what she said. There's no evidence that she said that. We don't hear her say that. We, it's not written down in their Hansard recordings that that's what she said. But what he said is recorded. Like, she said something. So because it's not written down in Hansard, you just... Have you seen, have you seen him interviewed about this? Yeah. He's been destroyed every time he's he's tried to explain it. Like people are saying, well, what did she, he can't remember what she even said. So? He said, oh, something along these lines. Can you remember word for word what I said two minutes ago? No. So why would you expect him to remember it word for word? 
Well, so long as he's giving like a rough idea of what was said, that's good enough. Now, is is he necessarily right? Is right, his okay. recollection of it correct? I don't know. I right. wouldn't have a clue. Okay, but it's right. fair so, enough. So let's go. Let's go that he thinks that that's what she was implying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if he thinks she's saying that all men are rapists, which is what he's been saying consistently, he said from the start that she was saying something along the lines of all men are rapists. If that's what he believes he heard, it's pretty reasonable to say, well, if you think all men are rapists, you should probably stop fucking them. Isn't that a reasonable thing to say? What about when he came out later on in an interview and and said, oh, it's well known that Santa Hansen Young sleeps with lots of men? (laughs) Probably not a good thing to say, no. No. No, I'm with you, 100%, yeah. So, what's that got to do with it? Really? It's what we're talking about. Does that mean he's? I can't. I can't imagine. Why would Why would Senator Hanson Young yell out all men are rapists? All right, let's go through it, Chris, because I've got it written down. That's dot a ridiculous. Because that's a ridiculous statement. It is right? a ridiculous statement, and that's. So I can't imagine her saying it. You can't imagine Sarah Hanson Young saying something ridiculous. I can imagine her saying something ridiculous, but all men are rapists. Yeah. Why would she say that? Do I, Nick McKinnon, think that she said, quote unquote, all men are rapists? No, I do not think she would say that. That would be a, oh. it would be a crazy thing to say. No, of course not. Yeah. But could she say something along the lines of, oh, men are just rapists? Yes, I can imagine her saying that. And could I imagine David Lionhelb hearing that as all men are rapists? Yes, I could imagine him hearing that and thinking that's what she was implying. I don't know. What, she, what has she claimed that she said? Uh, I've got that written down just here, Chris. I'm glad you asked. Sarah Hansen Young says any claim she said or inferred that all men are rapists is a lie. Where's the bit that said? There we go. She said, we were having a debate over a motion that has been put forward that said that Australia's laws for imports should be weakened to allow personal tasers and pepper spray to be imported into Australia. So that in order to, the argument was being made that women could use these personal devices to protect themselves from violence. I said that I didn't think putting tasers on the streets would make women safer from men. Yep. Do you really think that's what she said? Do you think David Limehill would have heard that and got from that all men are rapists? Yeah, I, th- I think he might have. Yeah, I don't. So what I think's going on here, Chris, <laughs> is I think Sarah Hansen Young is recalling what's happened in the past through her own lens of mm-hmm. how she views herself. Dan, yep. David Lionhelm is re- is remembering what's happened in the past through his prism of what he thinks of Sarah Hansen Young. Yeah. So he thinks that she hates men, thinks that all men are rapists. Correct. Yeah, and so she thinks or, or- that she's a reasonable human being. I think both <laughs> of them are wrong. Why is she an unreasonable human being, do you think? Well, because I don't think she does present a view that men are good human beings. I, I haven't heard that come come through very clearly yeah. in the way she talks. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That is an issue and that's part of the, I guess, the weight that I've been feeling that what makes me want to, you know, sort of tackle this issue is that, that a lot of people that I do respect, you know, and that I do think have a valid point of view – there's a lot in there. There's a, there's a lot of negativity towards men. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to think that they think that all men are rapists, but they can end up with a picture that can be warped that a lot more are than, than aren't, you know, sort of thing. But who does commit the raping? You know, it's it's men. You know, who do who do commit the violence? You know, it's men. Who go and shoot up stuff? It's men. These things, you know, are done by men. You know, if you're going to move forward from a problem and you need to acknowledge that there's a problem. Yeah. And so I think there's a problem with men. So we've got to be able to separate between perpetrator and victim. So yes, the vast majority of perpetrators are male. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that all the victims are women. It's no. just not true. The majority of them are men. Yeah. Isn't that right? It's like 70% or something? Well, it depends what crime you're talking about, but yeah. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, if you're talking about homicides, it's like 75% of men. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about sexual assault, I'm sure it's in favour of women. But going back, women aren't the problem. (laughs) Neither are men. But men are the problem because they're the ones that are the perpetrators. Some men. Like, it's a tiny minority. It's like saying... Dogs are the problem every time a dog mauls a baby. No, dogs aren't the problem. Mm-hmm. That one dog is. And the way he was raised and the environment he yeah. was kept in, all of that stuff. 
It's not as simplistic as saying dogs are the problem. It's not as simplistic as saying men are the problem. And I think that's why you brought this topic up. Yeah, I, I don't. It is complex. It's not simple, and, and that's why I want to talk about it. Because there's, there's, I want to talk about the complexities because I think that masculinity is a social construct that we place upon men and we give them certain pathways that, you know, what it is to be a man. And a lot of these pathways, that well, there's, it's just a really narrow <laughs> band of what that is. And that leads to, it leads to these places where, where suddenly you can brand something with the words toxic masculinity or whatever. Like I, I hear the word masculinity and it feels like a dirty word. Yeah, which is crazy. Because all it is is just describe it's you know traditional behaviors or whatever of a male basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. So can I just clarify something there? Like yeah. before, you said that masculinity is a social construct. Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent. But like I, th- I think we need to differentiate between masculinity and gender. So gender is not yeah, a social yeah. construct. That's just a no. biological reality. Yeah. But yeah. but masculinity, femininity, those are. Like, you know, the idea yeah. that boys have to like blue and girls have to like pink, boys have to like trucks, girls have to like Barbie dolls. That is, yeah. uh, well, partly it's biological, but it's also partly cultural. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, good. Yeah, yep. good. Just so long as our listeners don't take from that that Nick and Chris think that gender is a social construct because I think that is a crazy view that some lefties put forward, like Sarah Hansen Young might be one of them. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a crazy view, but man, I'm struggling with that one at the moment, trying to figure out what I think about that, you know, just trying to be open towards, but I don't even want to get into that. No, one no sorry. Nick's derailing it. What do you think the social expectations for boys and men is or are? Yeah. And how is that a positive thing and how is that a negative thing? Well, the obvious one that comes to mind is, you know, strength. You know, you've got to be strong. Then you get told things like, you know, man up. Boys don't cry. And, you know, being in a position of strength, you're, you're the provider. You're the breadwinner. You're, you protect the women in your life and protect your family. That's one of the, I guess, one of the constructs of what it is to be a man. And there are beautiful things in that. Mm. <laughs> strength is not a bad thing. But, but it's it's where, where these messages, you know, can lead us to. Because I, I just think that a, a lot of what comes to define a man, like men sort of don't get to embrace their sort of emotional world and they end up very emotionally shunted and and, and, and then the only sort of emotion that's left for them to express themselves that's sort of acceptable because you're a man is anger. Mm, yeah. So I think toxic masculinity is toxic to the male, then it comes out sideways and it's toxic to everybody else and toxic to the whole of society in that sense, you know. So what is toxic masculinity? That's a good question. A quick search says that toxic masculinity is defined by adherence to traditional male gender roles that restrict the kinds of emotions allowable for boys and men to express, including social expectations that men seek to be dominant the alpha male, and limit their emotional range primarily to expressions of anger. So, yeah, it's toxic masculinity is you sort of shut everything down. The only thing that can come out is is anger. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's brought about because this is the picture that we paint, that men, you know, <laughs> are meant to be tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I've been listening, like I've been listening to um, – to Henry Rollins, he's been doing, you know, Henry? Yeah. He's a I legend. Love Henry. Yeah. He's amazing. I, I went and saw him do a, a speaking tour thing. Yeah. I went and saw one of his speaking tour things once. It was just, ah, oh, sends shivers down your spine. Just listen to that guy just talk. But he's been doing the rounds of Australia, doing a podcast at the moment called Tough Conversations, I think it was. The premise is about talking to people about what does it mean to be tough? And it's not what we, you know, put up as our social constructs, you know, the examples that he's talking to about people. You know, mm. it's it's the people who you know, overcome their demons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's tough. It's the people who who have to not just overcome their demons but live with someone else's. Yeah. And help them through it. You know, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, you and I would have seen this in youth work time and time again that a person's yeah. going through a whole bunch of shit and they think they're weak. Yeah. And you just sort of sit there going, you are holding you- an enormous burden right now. 
You are yeah. stronger than you could ever know. And that yeah. is strength, being able to hold, keep yourself together through that. Even falling apart through that, so long as it doesn't kill you, you're doing an amazing job. Yeah, they've, they've gotten to where they are. Yeah. They've already shown an enormous amount of strength, and I love to be able to highlight that to them. Yeah. But, yeah. All that shit you've been through, you've survived it. How crazy is that? I don't know how they do sometimes, because I, I didn't have that sort of shit. No. And I'm like going, man, I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah. But human beings are pretty adaptable. Yeah, yeah. So how come I've never heard of toxic femininity? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like I hear toxic masculinity all the time. Is there such a thing? Well, there'd have to be, by definition. Like, Because we're saying that these gender stereotypes are unhelpful and they lead men to certain negative behaviours. The same would have to be true of women. Well, it says here, toxic femininity is a term used by men's rights advocacy activists to construct a false equivalence (laughs) between toxic masculinity, which is a manifestation of patriarchy that harms both men and women and causes men to be violent and aggressive, to women and occasionally other men. That's one definition is that it's a a false equivalence. Put me on the side of the men's rights activists thing because that... (laughs) There has to be a, a, a form of toxic femininity. Of course, there has to be. And if there is, which I think there would have to be, then that has to both affect men and women. Yeah, like, of course. Because if, if it's negative for women, then if you're a partner of that woman, that affects you too. If you've got yeah, a woman but, that is too submissive, that is bad for you because it, yeah. it makes it too easy for you to be an arsehole. Yeah, so there has to be, but it's not equal in the harm it has on society and that's why you don't want to well i mean but i didn't really want to talk about women no <laughs> not, not that I, but, but, but i just also, wanted to bring I mean, up the idea that yeah. i just wanted to bring up that toxic masculinity is such a word that is bandied about at the moment yeah and is. no one ever talks about toxic femininity and the problem with that is it gives the impression that men are the problem and that's not what the idea of toxic masculinity should be about it should be about that there is a problem with us having these gender stereotypes that say men yeah. have to be this okay. specific way and women have to be that specific way. It has to be both. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily fully agree with you, but, uh, but I'm like, I'm starting to think that, you know, as soon as you use a word or a phrase like toxic masculinity, that it just carries such venom that it becomes a weapon. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and so, you know, in one sense, you don't want to talk about masculinity anymore. You just want to talk about manhood or something, you know, just, just, change the words because because uh, people get defensive and whatever but but in that sense I really I, I like because I've been reading um Steve Bidolf's book raising boys or, or the more updated version of it I can't it might might still be called raising boys it would be it'd have to be yeah raising right. boys um, raising girls what he had to say was up near the start talking about women and the feminist movement and how you know, so the change that we've seen in women and the change or lack of it that we've seen in men, and, you know, I guess that's part of what why everything's complex at the moment. But he said women sort of transformed and redefined themselves by overturning thousands of years of oppression and restriction, which was an unprecedented historic shift. Just it was huge. Mm. And he said that women are still not where they want to be and largely because men haven't changed enough too in that time. Yeah, interesting. And so then he goes on to talk about male liberation. And and really it's male liberation from, you know, toxic masculinity. That's so it's for me, I'm like women aren't the problem. Men have got to sort out what are the things that are causing us to have these expressions of anger and violence and but, where where does that stem from? And it, it wasn't something that, like it was clear for women that it was there was an oppression and a restriction that was sort of placed upon them by what I consider a patriarchy, even you you don't consider it, but men, we're not being oppressed by women. We, we don't have something clear to fight against. Like if we're going to fight against anything, what we need to fight against is the social construct that we've put together. Yeah, but it's not that men have put that social construct together. It's that men and women have put it together. Yeah, society has put it together. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's not that the problem is men. But what I see, I see incels and stuff blaming women for everything. Yeah, so you, you, know? you don't go to the Twitter trolls and pretend like that is all of men. Yeah, they're a bunch of losers. Of course they are. Well, yeah, but they're a bunch of losers who are lonely. Yeah, and, and there's a reason why emotion, they're losers. Emotionally, you know, stunted and lost and 
frustrated, unable to deal with the complexities in front of them? And, you know, what sort of images of masculinity have we provided that encourages another pathway anyway? Like, did you have any um, troubles figuring out how to be a man? What was your journey like going from a boy to a man? Yeah, well, like the teenage years are a messed up time. And I don't think that really matters whether you're male or female. I think, you know, the hormones that go mm. on in your body just make things super confusing. And you've also got really strange social circumstances that we put teenagers in where you're in a group of people that are all the same age, all going through the same weird shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a strange time, uh, those teenage years. Yeah, it's really volatile. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's like we're doing some sort of experiment with rats in a maze or something, you know. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I would say I had more expectations of how to behave in terms of being a Christian than I did of my gender. Right. There's there's stuff in there, like in terms of that sort of go between the two in terms of like how you deal with the opposite sex and that sort of thing. Like, you know, you're not going to have sex with people. I, I guess a lot of these guys, a lot of the anger comes out because the masculine person feels emasculated. Yeah. I was super unconfident with girls, always have been. Mm. Um, it's really weird. I, I was always really good at becoming friends with girls. Like my best friend was a girl almost my whole childhood. But then mm. in terms of, you know, romantic relationships, I was terrible at them. I, I would go from being like I wouldn't be able to make eye contact and I wouldn't be able to talk properly with them at all. Mm. Um, yeah, just super socially awkward what about when you tried to take that risk? Did you did you ever experience rejection? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I found it interesting listening to some other podcasts just talking about masculinity and so on. There was, there was one little clip of this little, like, primary school girl talking about a boy that came up and asked her friend out and the boy got rejected and then the boy started calling them names and throwing stuff at them. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm going, I'm going, ah, oh, that's interesting. You know, it's like. He's not allowed to be sad. He's not allowed to grieve. He's not allowed to to go and question someone and say, hey, how do I do this better or something? But but he knows to be angry and resentful. So I would have run away and cried. That's what I did. Yeah. You know, because I'm thinking, like, at the start we said, well, we're experts. We're males. We can talk about this, right? Yeah. But, but, I'm, but I'm someone who, like, I, the last time I threw a punch at someone in anger was, was in year seven. That was 31 years ago, man. You know, is that right? I do it every week. Yeah, well, you're a real man. Um, and and I used to wear makeup. <laughs> uh, yeah. When I'd go out clubbing, I used to wear a bit of eyeliner and, you know, but I was never, there was never a gender issue there. It was just, I liked the cure, you know, I like Robert Smith and yeah, back, I, I guess back in the eighties, there were guys that, you know, you had your David Bowie's and your, and your Robert Smith's and Prince. And Adam Ant and all of these people that could they could have a very different look, a very, at times, you know, using a feminine sort of look, but but they were still male. But now I don't know. Now now there just seems more pressure to be muscular. No, you think that always was sort of there? Well, people talk about like the metrosexuals. That's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that new though. Well, okay, you and I. <laughs> bit old so (laughs) it's new for us chris but i like the idea that it's less acceptable now to be a feminine man i thought i think it's the opposite i think we're moving in a positive direction in that way okay all right but it's still an issue yeah yeah but no i'm just thinking like i had a lot of trouble growing up trying to figure out how to be a man and when was i a man and because i i never felt like there was any sort of real rite of passage in Australia or in Western culture to, you know, when, when are you a man? Is it just when you turn 18? Is it just when you have your first drink or is it just when you're no longer a virgin? You know, when are you a man? Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember it took me a long time to be comfortable with the idea that I'm a man. Now, <laughs> you know, I was much more comfortable with the idea that I was just a young guy. But I had, I had good role models. You know, my dad was, he was a great man. Yeah great man it's funny because when i'm at school or when i used to work at schools like i would often talk to these young people as Mm. 
man and woman. Like, I've got vivid memories of students saying, I'm not an adult yet. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're a man. And yeah, you're a woman. Of course you are. I don't really understand the distinction between man and boy and girl and woman. Like, it, it's such a gradual process of going from one to the other that, it, like, it's mm. like baby and toddler. Like, I don't know. There's no one day where you're one and there's one day when you're the other. It's no. just... I, I see, well, teenagers that I work with, you know, you can sit down with them and have an extremely adult conversation. Yeah. And then the next day they're just screaming and giggling and throwing water bombs off the yeah. balcony, you know, and it's it's just... They slip in and out of being more adult and being more childish because that yeah, yeah it's a gradual process yeah their brain ain't developed yet yeah yeah but you you treat people as the person that you want them to become yeah and this is one of the big ones for me is you treat people how you want them to treat you you don't agree with that I don't do that to my wife I do not want her sticking anything in me yeah I don't I, don't, I think you're reading a little too literally into that <laughs> okay so. So Jordan Peterson has this idea of high-resolution truths, maybe, and low-resolution truths. So, you know, like with images, you'll have like a, an icon. So you'll have an icon, and that's a really low-resolution image because it needs to be. Like you don't want to yeah. have a high-resolution icon because it'll take up a massive amount of space yeah. so just, and you're getting yep. no so benefit just a from small, it. just a small little picture like a, like a, a logo or an icon sort of thing. Yeah, yep. but then if you're yep. wanting to print a photo, you're going to want that to be in a high-resolution. And so there's this idea that there are times when we want low-resolution, when that's the preferred thing, and a high-resolution image is actually counterproductive. And the opposite is also true. And so he has this idea with truths as well or with ideas or something like that. Like that idea that you just said then, what was the idea that you just said, sorry? That we should treat each other the way we want to be treated. I think that's a low resolution idea. I think it's true, but it's also not true in the example that I gave you, which would be a... (laughs) Uh, You'll need to probably explain this a bit more to me. But if you're like, if you're an incel, right, and you are hating on women... Yeah, and you're telling them how how horrible they are, and you want you know just you're just hating on them, but you don't want to be an involuntary celibate person. No, I'm like going. So why do you expect that that that's not going to help you change your situation? No, <laughs> that, I mean really, if you want someone to make love to you, then really you want to treat them with respect. You want to treat them with love. You want to show that you admire them and you respect them and you listen to them and you. Heck, worship them even. Go that far. No, I don't you know, go that like, far. That's bad <laughs> that's, as well. That can be that can be toxic. But I was yeah. with you up until that point. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I'm just saying that that's that can be an unhealthy way because it's about equality. It's about equality. So you treat other people how you want them to treat. You see, if you're treating people with hate, you don't, that's not going to help you whatsoever. No, you've got to focus on being the best person you can be. Focus on being the nicest, yeah. kindest most generous person you can be. That's all you got to do. So if you're one of those incel people, yep, you're a loser at the moment. Can you change that? Yes, you can. Don't go hating on people. That's just silly. It's not their fault. They're also hating on, I guess, what they would say is the social constructs have sort of set this up yeah. in a way so, they, so that they can't get anything, you know? So so the, the women only go for the, the handsome, confident guys, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Well, that's so. true. Yeah, there's some truth in that. So That's I'm always like, hey, been we... the case. Get over it. <laughs> what do you want to do? Change, what, 300 million years of evolution? Good luck. But it's also about privilege, you know. They feel entitled. No, that's it. rubbish. They do. It's that's not, not rubbish, man. No, but I'm saying You're that saying that's, those that... people are privileged. Yeah, they, aren't they, they so they, lucky? They, they approach it from a place of privilege saying I'm entitled to this. They Someone should just drop a woman onto my lap. They don't think about, you know, I've got to go out and be the best person. I've got to earn this. It's not, they're not thinking that they've got to earn this. This is part of the problem because it's not just their fault. This is the way that we've raised these people. <laughs> this is the way we've raised these young people. Yeah. Um, and so like when, when I deal with kids at school who won't show you respect until they know that they've got your respect, I'm like, going, I disagree with that as a concept. They should just be respectful to their elders from the start. I like that idea. But they don't do that. And it's just the way that they've grown up and it's not their fault. That's the way that they do it now. And so I just, I have to work with that. 
And I have to go, right, you need to know that I respect you before you're going to be respectful to me. And that's just, you know, got to do it. Yeah. And again, that's a learnt behaviour. That has served them well in the past. They've been abused by people yeah. that should have been good to them and they have learnt yep. that I should not trust elders because they have fucked yep. me over. Yep. Yeah. So, please, yeah, don't get me defending incel people. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not trying. But I'm, but I'm, I'm trying to defend them in a sense that because I have this part of me which just wants to bury them under their own bile. But I'm going. What would it be like to be that lonely and that frustrated and that angry? And the only connection you find is suddenly a group of people online that you know mm. feed your anger and frustration and lonely, and it, it all comes out in this bad, vile sort of way. Yeah. So. I'm like going, I, this is the thing that, that, that I've been questioning, why I wanted to talk about this is it's like, what can we do to change the pathways, the box that we put men into? What can we, yeah. how do we change that? Because, and it's not just a problem for men, but it's a problem for everyone because it becomes a problem for everyone because men feel trapped. They're not who they really are. They, and, and they're meant to be, I don't know, they're meant to be on an adventure or they're meant to be dreaming big or the, and they just feel stifled by this these social constructs and and all they know how to do is be angry about it yeah and you get taught to like keep everything down and eventually it'll it'll explode so it sounds like it's almost like we need a men's rights movement is that what you're saying men's rights we have a men's rights movement (laughs) the mra yeah and you're fully on board with them giving men a positive way to journey into manhood I just see a lot of hate coming from the men's rights movement. So, so I'm not fully on board with them. But I, I also think that, I don't know, you know, if we're referring to it as, referring to it as rights, you know, sort of implies that they're being victimized or oppressed sort of thing. And I don't know if that's the most helpful thing because I think most societal problems are because of men. So I'm like, yeah, that's it's wrong. men against men. So, well. It's because of men and women, Chris. Women didn't just get dropped into society in the last 50 years. They've been there the whole time. But I I agree with you, actually, about the idea that it shouldn't be called a rights movement. Yeah, Mm. I hadn't thought of that until until you just mentioned it. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. There's no rights that men are being, well. There's a a few biases here and there. Oh, there's heaps of biases. One of the things that the men's rights movement will fight for is, you know, there are dads that don't get to spend time with their kids and or don't, you know, that sort of thing. You know, in the family court when there's marriage breakdowns and so on, often the kids will end up with mum and not with dad. That would be hard. Yeah. But there's there's also the most of the problems that happen within marriages as to why you would send, you know, the kids with mum and not with dad is because, you know, dad might be violent. Yeah, but again, that's that's confusing the perpetrator and the victim of it. Confusing the perpetrator and the victim? So, yes, the vast majority of the perpetrators are male, yeah. No yeah, one's disagreeing yeah. with that. Yeah. No. Well, I would struggle to imagine that any reputable men's rights movement would argue with that. There would be some men on the peripheries putting comments on their web pages yeah, well, that would be, but not the actual people at the centre of it. But I don't know. I just I feel like there is a lot of misogyny that comes out of the MRA. But are you talking about on the fringes or the people that are actually running the organisations? Because those are completely different things. That's like confusing. Yeah, like, fair like Clementine that's Ford is in the middle of the feminist movement, and she says crazy shit. Like you don't have to go to the fringes of. I don't know. Well, I no, I don't think you have to go to the fringes of the MRA either. Right. So give me some examples then. Why would I have some examples? This is what I gauge from what I've read and seen. I don't copy and paste every little thing I read from a men's rights activist movement and keep it here ready so I've got evidence. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it is helpful if you're going to make a claim to have some evidence to back it up. Well, I can go and search it up if you want to wait for a while. <laughs> but I think we do need a men's movement because we're failing to present a healthy picture of masculinity for a lot of men. They're confused. They don't know what it, you know, what it means to be one. They don't have the role models. Actually, I think there's the majority of men are either taught or nurtured or figure out for themselves or just intuitively get it on how to be a good man. I really do. Who do you reckon does most of the childhood rearing who? Yeah. The women. But it's all men's fault. Yeah, but they're saying, they're saying um, when I went back, you know, listening to people talk about this, is that a lot of this sort of problem began with the Industrial Revolution when 
dads suddenly became absent. We had this cultural change in our Western civilization, and then we had wars. Dads were absent for a long time, and, and we ended up... That's happened forever. I mean, Has it? Yeah, because the woman would be at home raising the kids, the man would go off hunting. Yeah, but they'd come home. But the men came home from their shifts at work as well. It's always been the case that women have been the ones raising kids and men have been the ones off being productive. Yeah, well, a boy needs a male role model. Yeah, of course. Needs a good male role needs model. Needs a good female one too. I, yeah, yeah. And so I, I wouldn't want to say, suggest that the women who are being left behind rearing the children are rearing bad men. What? I, They're I not? Well. <laughs> so there's no problems with men? Is that what you're saying? No, no, but what I'm saying is I wouldn't want to lay the blame at the feet of women. I oh, know you wouldn't. Who are, <laughs> I'm very who aware are of that. Raising men as being the reason why we have bad men. No, you'd like as it to be you, men's fault. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but yeah, it's not. Exactly. And it's not women's fault either. I'm not saying it's women's fault. What I'm trying to... But how can, how can you learn how to be a good man off mum? How do you learn that? She can teach you values. Yes, she can, and she can have a huge influence on it. But but you need, I think, you need a male role model. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be dad. It can be, you know, you can get male role models from all around society, all within pop culture and music and whatever. You can get male role models. Yes, I agree. Because no matter how good or bad mum might be, a boy's still gonna look around at males to get cues about their own masculinity. And that can be a bit of a problem when, when we've got, you know, some bad role models out there, some who are in very <clears throat> powerful positions. What, Trump? Yeah. <laughs> does anyone look to him as a male role model, though? I reckon Don Trump Jr. does. We should watch out for him one day then. I just think it's too easy to say this is all men's fault, and I don't think it's true. I think it's men's fault and it's women's fault. So generally... Men are more likely to be dominant. Women are more likely to be submissive. Neither of those are good things. We need men to be less dominant, to be more willing to listen to other opinions. We need women to stand up for themselves. And yeah, but when feminists won't let you say that. Like in after that Dixon lady got killed, there were some people that said, you know, women need to be careful with their safety. And when, whenever people said that, like the police said that, and the feminists just went batshit crazy, just go, oh, how dare you victim blame? It's just bullshit. It's just, of course you have to be careful about your safety. Everyone has to. I have to. But the first statement they come out with is telling women that it's not... Yes, good. We're, so we address, we, we're, we're addressing women's behaviour, but we're not addressing the man's behaviour, which is... It doesn't matter about the gender. Forget the gender. But what we need to be saying is... We need to take responsibility for our own safety. Now, does that mean that you will never, ever get killed if you take responsibility for yourself? No. Like that woman, Dixon, I don't know her name, but she may well have been doing everything she possibly could and still got killed. Now, so it doesn't mean that she it's her fault. Of course it's not her fault. It's the fault of the asshole that did it. Of course it is. Oh. No, one's, oh. no one's saying it's her fault. But it can still be true that we have responsibility to do whatever we can to avoid those situations. Both are true. And who do you want to be trying to convince, the crazy person or the normal person? Like, what's more likely? I reckon every woman should not be forced, of course not forced, but every woman should choose of themselves to go and do a self-defense course. They should just be doing it because you're going to learn so much about how to defend yourself. Of course not. It shouldn't be mandatory. Of course not. That's why stupid. don't we teach? Why don't we teach men to be responsible for their own feelings from an early age? You know, and so that these things don't come out sideways, and they women don't have to be scared of men. We do do that. Have you never seen we that do, happen we, in schools? Look, what, yeah, like we do. There is a majority, kids, majority. Do whatever you want, boys. Do whatever you want. No school does that. Every school is saying you are responsible for your actions, boy. If you do something wrong, you will be in detention. No, you cannot hit a woman. I think it's not just the actions, though. I think we, we need to teach people that they need to take responsibility for males, I'm speaking about here, because I think females do talk about their feelings. and, and mm. But we need to take responsibility for our emotional world and our feelings because we get taught as men to push that down. Yeah, that's why we like this podcast, and Chris. We've got to stop living in denial. You know, males have an emotional world and they want to feel connected to people and they, they can experience pain and grief and, and loss and yeah. and pleasure and joy and, and that they desire things and, and they dream. If all that we're leaving them is this path towards just 
anger, then it's bad for everyone. It's not just anger. It's also the opposite. It's also depression where, you know, like, yes. like the rates of yeah. suicide for men is way higher than it is yeah. for women. So it's both yeah. ways. It's anger and also depression. I've been reading that that's part of the major reason why women live longer than men is depression, is mental health stuff. There'd be a bunch more reasons than that. Like 93% of workplace fatalities are men. Yeah. Like men yeah. men get sent to war, women don't get sent to war. There'd be more reasons than just suicide, but yeah, it'd be one of them. Just mental health toll on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, of dealing with years of repressing your yourself, you know, just makes you old. <laughs> oh, and this may not be relevant, but I was watching a Star Trek movie the other night and an old Spock said to an old Captain Kirk, he said, have we possibly grown so old and so inflexible as to outlive our usefulness? And I like that because it taught to me about age and habits and change and, and that our problems in society are most likely to be dealt with by the young because the older we get, the harder it is to change, <laughs> like when there's a massive furor over plastic bags. <laughs> it might not be inflexible. It might be that young people just haven't decided anything yet, so you can force the decision for them. <laughs> yeah, well, you can indoctrinate, yeah. Well, that's what, no, but, yeah. but it's just about, I mean, that's why we have young people go to school because their brains are more permeable and they can soak up all of this information and... Well, a habit, you know, it can be something that you do, but it can be something that you say. It can be something that you think. It can be like an emotional value. But changing those things, the older you get, the harder it gets to do that. It's just because we form neural pathways in our brain to the point where we just keep following those pathways without thinking about it and turn into robots as we get older. So I've probably said this sentence 20 times before. So (laughs) that's why I can say it because it's there. That's handy. Yes, habits are handy. They are helpful, but sometimes they're unhelpful if they lead to a place that we don't want them to lead to. And if it means we're not reflective on the ideas behind them. Yeah, reflection was um, like I was reading also um, Tim Winton. Hey, me too. And he was talking, well, not reading his book. I I should read his book. Is this the the Shepherd Hut? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Are you reading the book, eh? No, no, I was just reading a thing about the book it might have been the same thing we we're reading is it like a is it called underline uh no oh, okay no no he wrote a um an article for the guardian it was called about the boys mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic piece of writing mm. it's just this beautiful story about him out surfing with all these different age guys out surfing and just the things that he hears them say and the things that he hears them talking about and he's talking about the pain of how he sees these young guys struggling with masculinity and but he's got this beautiful thing at the end where he's um he's talking about but because you know masculinity and testosterone and everything fires us to you know be competitive with each other and and he's saying that guys are sort of taught that life is you know like a game or a battle a fight a, a race you know it's something that you you compete at and he's like he said something along the lines of no it's, it's a dance And I really liked that. And he said that the liberation of men from this machismo, misogyny, you know, and all of that other toxic stuff, it's, he said, all of this requires a disarmament, a reflection and a renewal. And so just, yeah, that ability to reflect that you were just mentioning just reminded me of that because I'm, because I think a lot of these problems have sort of existed for, for a long, long time, but but it hasn't seemed like a problem in the past necessarily because if no one's pointing out that it's a problem, then everything's fine. <laughs> but now there's people pointing out all of these problems and having things to say and people get really defensive about it and, and, and then there's pushback and there's all of these this complex stuff going on. I'm going, I, I want us to take a step back and reflect. But see, here's my problem. At the start of this conversation, way back at the start, yeah. You were talking about the gender expectation sort of stuff about, you know, mm. masculinity. And mm. you said that there's positives and negatives to it. Whereas mm. for the next hour, you've just been talking about all the negatives of it. Yeah. And I think there's positives there. Like so There is. Like there we, is. I but I want to address the negatives, I guess. But that's... but they're the same thing. Like when we say to men, stick up for women. Yeah. That's a positive message. Yeah. But then some people will say, well, no, because that's you saying that you're stronger than the other person or that you are in charge of the other person. Well, they're two sides of the same coin. 
yeah, I was just going to say, like, I I haven't thrown a punch for 31 years, right? But I I think I'm born to fight. And if someone breaks into your house tonight... But that's not the fighting I'm talking about. I, I want to fight for stuff, but I want to fight for things that I think matter. And that's why I do a podcast with you. Yeah, yeah. That's part of an expression of my masculinity. But go on. Well, if someone breaks into your house tonight, there will be an unspoken expectation that you will be the one getting out of bed and going and dealing with that situation. You won't even have to talk about it with Biz. She'll just be lying there in bed and you will get out and you will go and do it. And it's not because you want to. It's not because you're like, oh, look at all my male privilege. (laughs) It's just that's built into you and it's built into her. But it's all a social construct. (laughs) No, it's a genetic construct, that one. You think that one? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I'm saying anything that's a social construct is something that we can change. Yeah. So we can change the pink and blue thing. Yeah. I don't think we can change the... Some things do feel very natural within masculinity. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess that's where the reflection comes to try and figure out what, what do you think is a natural part of your masculinity and what, what this is the same sort of questions that we ask ourselves about our Christian sort of upbringing is, well, what, what things feel right and what things feel like they've been put upon you. So the, the idea that I'm meant to... Um, be rippling with muscles, you know, or, you know, no, that's that's just a, an image put out there by, you know, people wanting to sell me stuff or whatever. Or No, it's not. What do you mean? It, it's biological again. Like, women... But, but you, no, you've talked about, but, you know, like biologically in, in the past, you know, when we were cavemen or whatever, okay, but, but we're living in a world right now where where your brain is valued more than your muscular ability is. That's right. But what women are attracted to is based on their genetic history. And the reality is that for the vast majority of humans' it's history... partly placed on that. Oh, it's a massive part of it. Like, you, you, you reckon? Yeah, they do studies on, like, what women find attractive. And surprise, surprise, the muscly dude is found attractive by women. Of course he is. And it's not because they can articulate, oh, because I need him to lift boxes for me. It's because way back in their genetic past, women have wanted men that are strong who can outcompete other men, and that's the person you want protecting your family. And for men, what do we do? We look at women with big breasts. Why do we do that? Because that's good for raising kids. These things are genetic. It's not just social construct. Well, this is partly what the incels are complaining about. They call those rippling muscle guys chads. Do they? And they call they call the girls with the big breasts Stacys. There's chads and Stacys, and they feel like all of this is unavailable to them, you know, because the chads and Stacys. Yeah, and it sucks to be not one of the cool kids. I'm with you, hundred percent. But you don't just get bitter and pissed off at people and pretend it's all their fault. No, go make yourself a better person. Is that easy? No, I'm not saying it's easy. And is it your fault you're the way you are? No, I don't think it is. It's almost certainly a combination of the environment you're brought up with, the genetics you've been given. Yeah, that sucks. Life's unfair. What are you going to do about it? You're going to sit there and cry? You're going to get on with your life? Do something about it. This is why I like Jordan Peterson because he's... Yeah, I mean, getting on, you know, that's a, a masculine thing to do is to, you know, do, go and do. And that's a, one of the good things, I think. But, you know, some of this language of telling people, you know, suck it up, you know, be a man, grow some balls, you know, don't be a pussy, you know, even Lionhelm's throwing around the word pussy. You know, I think these things, they're really unhelpful yeah. at times. So you know? maybe suck it up, go and do something about it. Maybe that sucking up and doing something about it is getting over yourself and going to counselling. Maybe that's what you need to go and do. Yes. I'm not saying you just need to repress all your emotions and pretend yes. you're a tough guy. I'm saying take responsibility for your situation. What can fix it? Because that's toughness. Yeah. Strength is vulnerability. Yes. Being vulnerable is strength. It is not weakness. Yes. (laughs) It seems like so many of them live with, like, shame that they don't measure up. The shame that they're walking around, you you know, you're walking around with all the time. I mean, I experienced those bits of shame for, you know, certain stuff. Everyone does. Yeah. I, I love the idea of talking about it. In one sense, I'm not an expert on other people's experience because I had a great man as a dad, as a, as a role model. And I've got someone who I talk to on a very regular basis and we talk about stuff. We're not explicitly always talking about masculinity, but in one sense, we're always talking about what is it that we value? What does it mean to be who we are? 
So thanks, Nick. That's what we do. Yeah. We talk. So we talk about, you know, what matters to us, um, what what makes us angry, you know, because anger still anger isn't bad in itself. It's just, you know, anger is a feeling. It's bad when it's destructive. Yeah, and it's bad when that's all that there is and there's so much of it, you know, because it just eats you up. Yeah. You know? um, but we force each other to reflect on stuff all the time. You know, we hold each other accountable all the time. Yeah. To the point where I really don't like what you're saying half the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and part of that is vulnerability. Like putting your opinions out there into the public takes guts. Like to say this is what I think, it's a lot easier just to sit at home and bitch and complain about the way the world is. We do it on a podcast. (laughs) Aren't we strong and tough? Yeah. that that's a real focus for me is you know having other people to talk to mm. that are going to help you i don't really care about the men's rights activists but a men's support group it's a good thing <laughs> you know supporting each other helping each other to be men and having those role models you know like what does it mean consider everyone talk around you know what does it mean what are the shared symbols of meaning that we can sort of ascribe to what masculinity is that you know that that picture of masculinity that we would aspire to be that's something real, not just made up, and that is that's good for not just us, but for everyone. You know. So, what is that? I don't know. We need to have that conversation. But what what does that look like to you? And you know, and I'd want that sort of thing to hold. You know, any expressions of the masculinity that, that expresses itself all negatively, like we were talking about for the past hour and a half. I want to hold all that stuff to account. Mm. You know, if you're a man, I want you to hold that stuff to account. And it starts young, man. It starts when we're little kids. I don't know. You've got the kids. Have you, like, had them trying on your shoes and stuff like that and walking around the, the lounge room in your shoes and things like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's what we do as human beings. We try on all of these roles, you know. Am I, is this who I am? Is this, who, is this what I am? But the roles for men are just tough guy or um, where was it? I think Steve had it in. Hang on. Yeah, cool dude. Hard worker, good bloke, tough guy, or sensitive new man. You just got to pick one of those boxes. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. Um, so women traditionally, their role in society has been the raising of kids. And for men, yeah. it's been going out and being productive and being the breadwinner. Yeah. That role for women isn't going anywhere. Men aren't going to take that role from women. They're always going to have that. For men, an awful lot of men's especially low skill jobs are disappearing and i think this is part of the problem that there are going to be an increasingly large number of men the less well educated ones especially who just won't have a place in our society Mm. so they get stuck with video games of course they do Mm. and pornography Mm. and video games and pornography (laughs) yeah i don't even want to get into all of that it can feed back into a loop of I think pornography does. I don't know about video games. Well, um, there's been some complaints about video games objectifying women a lot with the women characters in there, you know. But they do. They've all got massive boobs. Like you were just talking. Yes, and all the guys have ripped massive muscles because that's what it is. It's an idealized world. Yeah. Like Hollywood's been like that for 50 years. Don't pretend like video games is unique. All I'm saying is we need new narratives because that's what human beings do. We narratives tell us who we are, where we've been. And our imagination, you know, tells us where we're going. I think the pornography one is a an issue, though. Yeah. Like, because... Massive. Yeah, like, if you think that is the real world... Yeah. And, like, I'm sure no one actually thinks it's the real world, but if that influences your expectations of how sexuality works, man, that's going to mess with you. And yeah. And it will. Guys and girls alike. Yeah. I, yeah. But, yeah, I guess I just... Don't want to go through all my life seeing masculinity as a negative thing. Because it's not. Well, in, in its definition, it's not. <laughs> what do you mean? But, but, you mean it is in practice? Well, like it's not in its definition, well, but it yeah, is but in just, reality? Just, yeah, it is in reality. No, it's because, not. Because the expression <sighs> of masculinity within our society does a fair bunch of damage. That's why I think some aspects of it. It's not all of it. You're being like Sarah Hansen Young. I do recognise. I do recognise that I 
not only have I not thrown a punch since I, for 31 years, but I, I haven't ever felt the need to because I haven't been threatened by that. Yeah. So there's a lot of good men around. Yeah. But I also think it is about who you surround yourself with. And, and I think a lot of violence and stuff is, you know, intergenerational and, you know, it's sort of, you know, so it's learned behaviours and stuff. But, yeah, I just, I guess I want masculinity to be able to be liberated from the finite little boxes that are currently available. Because, I, I mean, I don't feel boxed in by it, but I've got someone to talk to, Nick. Yeah. I've had good role models, you know, when I, you know, so. And you're also settled in a relationship. Like, I think that yeah. makes a big difference. And I'm just going, I think that's possible for anyone. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just think, I think we need to reflect and I think we need to treat people with respect and dignity. And I think, you know, it's just like, ah. Uh, and that's not a male or female thing. That's everyone. Yeah. But I think one of the biggest ones in this issue is, is taking responsibility for your own emotional world and recognizing that if you need to talk to someone, if you need to go and get help, if you, that if you just going to repress and deny all of the fact that you're a human being and just want to be this robot, this thing that society expects of you, then I just don't think it ends well. No. Did you see, I don't know who the organization was, but there was an organization that brought out this advertisement line. I think it was called, um, soften the fuck up, I think it was. <laughs> Something like that. Um, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, and so it was in- encouraging men to not be such a hard ass and you don't have to bottle yeah. it all in. And I was yeah. like, it's hard it's though, such isn't a good it? I mean, way just, to do it. It is, it is, but it's just, it, it's such a, like, I grew up with all of this social construct around me. I'm There's still that side of me which doesn't want to portray weakness, you know. Yeah. But I also feel like I'm adult enough and honest enough that I can and that i do like i i took two mental health days this term and i i didn't pretend that they were anything other than that i went to you know my manager and i said i need i need a mental health day and i explained why and it's granted and accepted and and supported you know and that can be a sign of weakness <laughs> but i've made it to the end of term and i don't know if i would <laughs> if it wasn't for that well, I'm glad you made it, but, I, but that's taking responsibility for my emotional world, I think. Yeah. Man, it's still hard to do. It's hard to walk up to someone and say, Yeah. Um, I'm struggling. So that vulnerability <laughs> is strength. Yeah. yeah. That that takes balls. Because it's hard to do. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Thank you. I've never done that. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that. I think you would. Yeah. Maybe. You might be wrong. I might not. I think, no, well, I think what you're doing is extremely tough. Like I was listening to another podcast today and they were interviewing this guy who him and his wife were pretty progressive and just sort of thought that the whole gender stereotypes and and everything was just, you know, it's all pretty silly, isn't it? So they decided it was best for them just in their situation that he stay home and raise the kids and she go off and earn the money. And he found out that it wasn't a really good fit for him as he went further on. And then people would say to him, oh, I know some other guy that's, you know, like that's a stay-at-home dad. Why don't you two get together? And he he was like, I can't. I can't. Because that he, he just automatically saw in his head that that person, that other person, oh, they're, they're weak. Really? You know, and like he's like, going, oh, yeah, I know that sounds stupid because I'm doing it too. He didn't meet at all throughout that whole period with another man that was raising children because it felt too awkward, mm. felt too tough to do. And you're, I know that you're, you're raising the kids at the moment. I am. And, yeah, like I hadn't thought of that. But, yeah, that might be part of why I see this gender stuff the way I see it because, like, I go to school pickups and – Everyone else, there's a woman. Yeah. And there is, it's not sexism, but it's, there's just realities that like they go out for coffee and they don't invite yeah. me. And it's not because yeah. they don't like me. Like I, I chat with them, you know, we have awesome conversations at school pickup, but they know that if they invite me to have coffee with me, their husband could hear about it and could go, what, are you cheating on me? And so there are just realities there. They're not evil. It's not like they're, but what, what about the realities of the some people that will look at you and say, why aren't you out there providing for your family? Uh, and, yeah, that stuff doesn't get to you. Don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, like I really don't. I mean... But would you meet with another guy and have coffee with another guy? Um, 
I wouldn't be against the idea. I mean, like I went and sat up next to a dude who was picking up his kids this afternoon. His name's Adam. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He was wearing shorts yeah. and it's freezing cold. <laughs> Tasmanian. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, like I wouldn't, but that's because I I don't want to go and have More coffee. Just, coffee. Yeah. Like I I'm gonna I need to go home and edit my bloody podcast, people. I don't have time to sit around and drink coffee with you. But this is see, well, a woman, a, a woman's world. There's that social world and that emotional world that they share and yeah. they talk. You know, and and that's part of the problem is that we don't do that as much. No, so except you and I do because we do it all the time. Yeah, but for us, it serves a function. So like men, are, we're doing people. We need to be doing something. Women just need to be being they just need to be relating to people and whatever now obviously that's a generalization it's not true for every man and every woman but yeah like i i need to feel like i've accomplished something each day and like that's probably true for women too i take that last part back yeah i was gonna say something but yeah there is biological stuff to us and genetic stuff and but i also don't want that to be an excuse to take away our responsibility you know i think we're capable of working on ourselves despite all that but yeah, you know, I guess we need to recognise that we've come from somewhere and we're going somewhere. Yeah, like women throughout evolution, it's been their role to look after other human beings. It hasn't been men's role. Men's role has been to get out there, kill that animal and bring it back for your family. So yeah, if you don't believe in evolution, yep, you can just make up whatever the hell you want. But That's also part of the problem is that like, I don't need to grab a spear and go, you know, running through the bush here. That'd be fun to go into coals with a spear, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different world. And, mm. and, and so in one sense, if you've got all of this leftover biological uh, or genetic stuff, it does leave people confused. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like, well, what's my role? I guess that's what I, I, I want to see. I want to see some more conversation about not just about the negativity of masculinity i know i talked about it a lot but i want to see more conversation about what does a really good man look like i'm not saying i want to have that conversation right now it's rhetorical (laughs) yeah i got it good yeah that's good we can end then all right unless you got so how what do you want to say it's you and me yeah it's you and me yeah that's what the the role models are we're the positive role models you taking your mental health days off yep okay me being that gender fluid guy I haven't shared everything that's toxic about me, though. So. Oh, yeah. Part two of the podcast coming up next. <laughs> but if you want to prove to us that you're willing to be vulnerable, we want to hear from you. Get in contact with us. We want to have conversations with you as well. We want to hear what you think we're doing well. That's what Chris wants to hear. I want to hear the stuff that you think we could be doing better. We do. We want to hear from you. What issues do you think we should talk about? Yeah. Share this podcast. Share the love. We love yous. I think I can say that. Is that true? I don't know most of you. I know, but but our ultimate aim is to be loving, right? Oh, yeah. That's something that we value. So in, in that vein, we love yous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have a good week. Peace. <clears throat> Scott here again. If at any point in this podcast you found yourself yelling vainly into the void at two idiots who can't even hear you and refuse to listen to you, then congratulations, you know exactly how I feel. Luckily for you, there are other ways to contribute. You can leave reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, share it on social media, or discuss it in your blog, podcast, or fellowship group. Subscribe, like, nod your head, raise your fist, shout amen, but probably don't send a prayer because I'm kind of busy right now. Join the discussion in the comment sections, ask questions, and do come back and join us again here on the Eternity Ward. (laughs) 